Please pronounce your name correctly for me. My name is Anahita Sadiri. And you run Anahita Contemporary and also the other... Yeah, Anahita Arts of Asia. Anahita Arts of Asia is my first gallery, which I founded four years ago. Um, in two weeks, we're going to have our four-year anniversary. It's going to be an exciting anniversary exhibition where we're launching a new theme, actually. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, last year in spring, I, um, I opened Anahita Contemporary. So yeah, two galleries now. On the same block. On well. the same block. That's my block. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, one of the things I'm always fascinated about people in the creative industries is how do they become? Yeah. So where do they, you know, so your family, your upbringing, your schooling, any of these things have direct influence that led mm. you to this decision to be in the arts? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, okay, let me start um, this way. It was never planned. It was never planned. Um, I was playing the piano all my life. I was pursuing um, to become a pianist. So I was studying classical music here at the conservatory and I was really enjoying it. I mean, music was my life. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, that's life, right? But um, I uh, decided to pursue another direction uh, in my early 20s. Um, I started to um, study Islamic art and architecture in London. And when I moved out of you know, Berlin for the first time doing my own thing, uh, it felt so liberating and um, I felt like a new chapter is starting. And I felt in love with the art scene there. I mean, it's really something. And um, yeah, I, I, I told, you know, I said to myself, um, let's start this journey and see where it leads you to. And um, yeah, here I am. But uh, another story is my father is an artist himself. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew what you were looking for. <laughs> but I can always start with my father, right? So <laughs> it's okay. My father also uh, has an undergraduate in painting, and he does. Yeah, of course, stuff. everything is connected. Um, I well, think. But my father's also a priest, so. Oh wow! A, Interesting you know, combination. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, my father's not a priest. <laughs> not okay. I know. at I'm, all. Yes, I know. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm a, pre <laughs> a preacher's kid. I know. I know the stereotypes I live under, but it's fine. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Um, but uh, yeah, so my father is a very strong uh, personality and um, he's a collector and uh, art historian and gallerist himself. So many roles um, in one person. And so he you had, were sort of born into being yeah, a Yeah, I was gallerist. born into, uh, into his life. Life, you know, uh, living with art, everything uh, was connected to to the arts and not just to one specific field or direction, but to world art, really. And uh, he always had the best pieces of his collection at home. And, you know, I went to all, you know, all the openings to the auction houses, museums. I grew up with it. And um, I guess this is why I really developed a very natural love and passion for art. And it felt like it's, you know, it's in my blood. And when I decided uh, to to start something on my own, to start a business, it was, you know, it was quite clear that I'm going to pursue that and, um, you know, I mean, step into his foot, um, but also start my own thing. You know, um, it's my name, it's my theme, uh, it's my direction. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's totally second generation. I wish I had such a thing to inherit kind of thing. Oh, but, yeah? So yeah? I, I, I mean, it really comes with both sides. Let me tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, like my dad, what I remember being a kid and I was like, oh, I want to be an artist. And my dad's like, yeah, I was going to be an artist. <laughs> but the, the art world is not really a great place to mm. be. And like he actually sort of talked me out of mm. it. Interesting. I mean, you know how it was with, um, with me and my sister, actually. So my parents were very supportive of us pursuing um, an artistic career mm. to really be into music and to become, you know, professional um, musicians was uh, the best they could imagine for their kids, which is pretty unusual, you very. know, you know, especially for Iranian families. I mean, you know, you can become a lawyer, a, a doctor, and or you know an engineer okay wait hold on just take a step back this is a podcast nobody can see you so you're iranian your family is right, from iran yeah, yeah, so yeah. give give me a little bit of that so i was born in tehran um, okay. my parents met uh, in tehran um, and uh, got married there my father was in berlin 50 50 years ago though he came here when he was 17 he fell in love with the city he decided to stay here to build his life here um, and met my mom later in Iran. They decided um, that I, you know, I, I should be born in Iran and not in, in Germany, which I'm very happy about because I feel I really do feel the very strong connection that I have with my homeland. And um, yeah, so I was born there and I came here when I was very little, one year and a half, two years old. And yeah, for them, I mean, you know, for the kids to do music, um, to be into classical music specifically was um, was their dream, um, especially for my father. And yeah, when I decided, hey, I'm going to take a step back and start a new thing, which is actually what you're doing. Uh, he was pretty shocked. I mean, it was it was a scandal. Hmm. <laughs> he was really against it um, in the beginning. Well, you're competition for him, right? Yeah, kind of. I never thought that. I mean, no, I don't know about that. But he never wanted me to pursue um, his kind of his metier or his profession. Uh, because or he his clients. His clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but he really believes that every generation needs to build something um, new. To create something new and not really to, you know, to step into somebody's foots and to really carry on um, the business or the heritage. Because he thinks it really, um, you know, it, sh it, it has an impact on you when you have to be a fighter and when you have to create something on your own and not really not just to inherit something sure basically. it's very very admirable it's fine yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i get it and i really respect that um you know that opinion and we had you know many talks on um what i wanted to do and how he's going to support me and uh, the result was okay um you can do what you want to do um, but you do it on your own name I want you to really do the way, you know, to do it the way you want to do it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to consult you if you want. Um, but I don't want to have anything to do with your business. I mean, really, I, I, you know, I'm done with it. I want to focus on my art and uh, you need to do it, girl. And I was like, OK, fine, fine. I'm going to accept that challenge. Fair enough. OK. And so now you're running a contemporary arts uh, gallery. I always ask, like, I have a sort of a series of sort of standardized questions that generally yeah, le yeah. lead on to. But the, part of the reason why I do this, because I, I meet with a lot of gallerists, in particular gallerists mm -hmm. and curators, are very, very easy to get uh, in touch with. Yeah. They love talking about their, their, mm -hmm. their companies and so on. But I, 
every time I ask these questions, I get different answers. Yeah. And, and I love Better that. Better do. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's quite fascinating, yeah. like the varieties of things. Yeah. So, yeah. so these are reasons, and I'm sure you've probably answered these questions a million times, but it's nonetheless. It's fine. Please go ahead. So things like, such as um, when you're looking for new artists, what, what are some characteristics you look for? But also, how do you like to... Like call, let's call it be approached or somehow how do you literally find them so a lot of galleries say like oh I look at portfolios which I think mm. is crock they don't actually no, do no. that they, it's all friends of friends <laughs> it's connections yeah, it's all and inter- things like yeah, interactions yeah so like so like how do you, how do you literally find mm. them and then what do you look for like so like the balance of quality of work potential mm-hmm. of their work versus like inherent quality yeah. the moment you look at yeah. their work um, artist statements i'm mm-hmm. always fascinated by mm-hmm. the how valuable are the artist statements so that was a lot of questions that's and a lot of yeah. questions and it's interesting it's not questions that i've been asked a million times but i've um, you know encountered uh, on a daily basis many times mm-hmm. um, but yeah you know what um, it's interesting because um, right now I'm showing um, a group exhibition of of six young female artists uh, young emerging artists and um, when I started the gallery um, I was presenting mature artists um, with a more classic theme um, informal art abstract expressionism tachism and the focus was on an on creating an intercultural dialogue and but you know I always um, envisioned um, to to support women young talented strong women and you know that idea developed throughout um, throughout my early career and I'm super proud of you you're, wait you're saying your early career <laughs> you are aware you're probably like old enough to still be my daughter okay no but I started four years ago and yeah, four, um, I, you don't have an earlier career <laughs> if you've only been doing this for four years Slow no, down. but you, ha- you have to understand when I started the business I was dealing with ancient Asian and Oriental art very unusual for a 26 year old girl Berliner to uh, to do that so um, I got lots of credits for that which helped me also to pursue the idea to to open a second gallery but that's a side note anyway um, I I wanted to support women I wanted to work with young talented artists and um, yeah so in in early summer I went to the University of Arts here in Berlin UDK and they have these yearly um, uh, Rundgänge, mm. where you see the you know the the final classes, yeah, the you get thesis, good presentations. Scope. It's a, it's a fantastic event, um, very inspiring. You get to know a lot of very young, um, passionate artists, and this is how I found three of the artists that I'm currently working with for this new exhibition. So um, the way it worked for me was you know you walk through these halls and there are you know so many works. Um, you're overwhelmed and then something really you know catches your attention and you fall in love immediately I mean for me it has to be love at first sight Um, I really do believe in that Um, and when I you know when I saw uh, Paula's works for instance the triptych um, in the first room I wanted to know immediately who is that artist and uh, luckily there are some information cards and I gave her a ring and I was really curious who's who's that girl gonna be that made that fantastic work very strong work the best work I've seen there um during the uh, during the you know walk and she came after like 15 minutes uh, to meet me and 
I was intrigued by her aura, by her, yeah, by her approach, by her personality. Um, and I thought, yeah, I really would like to get to know her better. And, right. and this is a, a sort of an additional element of the, totally. the, these core the questions. The artwork which is, comes first. For me, it does. But then beyond that, the personality of the, the artist, the creator, has to end up t- playing a role in choices. 100%. I, I believe you can't really disconnect a work from a person. I mean, of course, if you, if you um, view a work of art, you don't have to know necessarily who the artist is. No, don't get mm. me wrong. But from a gallerist perspective or a curator's perspective, I think it plays a major role to get to know who that person is, where that person comes from. I mean, also intellectually, emotionally, and um, to see, you know, how the chemistry is between you and the artist, you know, whether you can pursue the same vision, whether you can create new things, whether there is like power, you know, in, in the air. And um, I think it's very important to have good matches. And this exhibition features six artists, as I mentioned earlier. And for me, it's an experiment to also see how am I going to work with these different artists? Who do I feel very, um, you know, drawn to? you know whose work grows on me who do i get along with obviously um so yeah i mean social interactions play a major role and i think this is also what i love about my work yeah what about so uh, what about the artist statements so you because you said love at first sight which is a very interesting thing because that does not include an artist statement so it's really really primary to the work itself for you Totally. Um, but I think um, the artist statement is, is very important, of course, but I would not wait too much. Um, yeah, I would not over, you know, over um, overestimate the importance of an artist statement because, you know, I mean, it's also working with words and articulating yourself. Not every artist um, is as good at it at, as other artists. So I totally understand because to, yeah. I am horrible at it myself. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't assume it. that, though. Yeah, horrible at it. I can't, <laughs> cannot write. Like I can sell the shit out of your art, but like I can't sell <laughs> my own. It's very like, interesting, but yeah, I mean, an artist should not be able to sell his work. I don't believe that. I mean, I an can't. artist needs to be an artist. You know. The clever ones, you know, the very prudent ones are smart enough to also sell their works. But I don't think it's necessary. Not at all. Um, You need me to sell your work, you know. We all want that. We all look for the gallery that will be willing and able to sell our work. But there there are less and less of those sort of doing it successfully. Doing it successfully. And I think, yeah, what's important is, you know, many factors, but you definitely have to be passionate about you know your artists your your work um if you are not totally in love with your artist i don't believe that you're going to be successful i mean in you know real talk of course it's it's a business but uh people um sense that you know and you really have to be very supportive of your artist and internalize his work to be able to you know really to um to transport this um this vision that uh, inspiration that you have to you know to a potential client or curator um yeah it's magic you know and you have to feel that magic it's magic if done right unfortunately but it's not <laughs> that doesn't always work we, won't, we always all work. want it i mean it's hard work 
it's hard work. It is. And I mean, and that's one of those things a lot of people, like let's say people off the street, but even many artists in the arts industry, they just don't realize how much time, effort, money, passion, sleepless nights, stress, gallerists go through. Oh, I mean, I mean, well, like, for instance, don't get me started. Well, actually, I was going to get you started on, <laughs> on uh, this. You're doing your first art fair. Uh, yes. And I mean, that Big is deal. a very expensive, stressful, like uh, affair. <laughs> OK, affair. We'll go with the word affair. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. And a lot of people re- do really have no idea. For me, like I fixate on the money aspect of it. I mean, I'm not sure about positions in particular, but like I've been participant in from a gallery standpoint mm-hmm. in other art fairs mm-hmm. and they're extremely expensive to participate in. And then like when I did one, we actually had to drive a truck with millions of dollars worth of artwork across wow. the country, yeah. fully insured, yeah, all this yeah. kind of stuff, the amount of man hours yeah. that went into it. The, I mean, it was insane. And and on all on the the hope that this this other market that could potentially open up, could potentially, yeah. potentially, potentially, potentially. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of hope and dreams when it comes to things oh, yeah. like that. I mean, if there were not hope and dreams, where would we be, right? Um, but I think um, it's very important to be in the game, to be visible, and to really perform well. Um, it's always a very political question, I guess, when it comes to art fairs. Where are you going to start? What are you going to do? How are you going to perform? I mean, it's all a play. It's all a dance. Um, but you have to make good decisions. I mean, I was not really planning to participate um, this year. I, you know, I just opened the gallery and I just also wanted to go with the flow and see. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I am a team player, but I don't want to really belong to a clique to kind of circle where you really put somebody in a, c- a category. Belonging to a clique is not the choice of the person. You are oh, yeah. put into a clique right. by the other yes. people. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, wanting to be part of a club or anything. Like, I, this is not what I'm really, um, uh, you know, what I'm ambitious about. I really want to be outstanding by my uh, own work and vision and the way I do things. And I definitely uh, do things in a different way. And I, and I think, I mean, yeah, being at an art fair is a great opportunity but you don't have to necessarily be at an art fair to be successful. There are many galleries that don't do that and they're doing pretty well. But obviously, I mean, everybody wants to be at the right fair and it's a great exposure, of course. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned before, it's a, it's a great investment, comes with a lot of risks, with a lot of headaches. Um, yeah, I mean, you really want it to be worthwhile in the end, of course, and you never know what to expect. So for me, it's um, it's an adventure. Yeah, I'm really excited to be um, to be at positions to do my first fair. I have a good feeling. Um, I've received very um, good feedback so far. So for me, it was a good decision. Yeah. Do you think that you'll do additional art fairs in the future? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. What one thing that I've heard a lot about? Now keep in mind. Okay, the name of the podcast is called The Wise Fool. Because I know a lot about a lot of things, but I know nothing about a lot of other things. Right. We all <laughs> so, Yeah. Well, and that's sort of the idea is that basically everybody in the arts world is somewhat specialized. Mm-hmm. And we're very yeah. specialized and very knowledgeable of our thing we love. Not everybody, but yeah. I'm tr- I'm an optimist <laughs> in some ways. I'm, try- I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the mm, doubt. Yeah. So the, the idea is, is that... Um, 
shit, now you just totally made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> no, you were saying everybody is, you know, everybody's professional and knows their shit. Sorry, excuse my language. No, it's but... okay. You can, you can curse all you want. It's fine. <laughs> but, and I disagreed, but yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's an interesting phenomenon in contemporary art, you know. I mean, people don't know their shit. I mean, really, like, people are so, so vain and superficial. It's or I don't know, it's, uh, it doesn't often have for me the depth um that it deserves and i think it's often really on the surface and people have no idea about anything that goes you know after or earlier than the 20th century um they have no clue about other themes uh, you know in art history um non-european art uh, i mean there is a strong focus on western art um, yeah, I mean, there is, you know, basic uh, knowledge about history, philosophy, literature is not always given when you speak to people working in the art world. And but interestingly enough, there is this, you know, this very um, present arrogance and vanity. And you ask yourself, where is that coming from, really? I had it for a long time, actually. I have to fully admit really? it. Absolutely. I, oh, but I was wow. trained to, by my professors to be really? arrogant. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, it was a long time. <laughs> and, 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 and I've come to realize that uh, it, was, it was wrong, just mm. flat out wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when I speak to young people, to also young collectors, um, you know, they all notice that uh, there is always a sense of coldness and uh, reservation and arrogance when you enter elitism, booth, elitism, uh, you know, everything that, you know, really um, pushes, you know, young, maybe un unexperienced people away. And I think it's a very um, awful side of the art world. Um, and I really wish there were more real people and, you know, not trying to make it um, seem as it's as if it's a very elitarian thing. I mean, art is for everyone. It's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy on the whole thing. I mean, yeah, to, you know, course. like most galleries, yeah. and don't get me wrong, because I'm actually like saying this about even your own gallery here, but like they're designed where you walk in, it's a white white space, it's very sterile, it's like a library, it's quiet, and then usually there's a person sitting behind a desk that barely ever looks up and just is True just that. Like, Hi. Yeah, it's part of the game, but and uh, it's, it, you know, and, and it's almost like the the less interested the person is to talk to you, the more elitist it is, and therefore the more we should respect them somehow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a uh, crazy way of thinking. I don't know. I can't identify with that. And um, I think it's very important to be really be humble and down to earth and really be open to new ideas and people and really embrace people who are you know interested, even if they can't afford art. I mean, really, um, you can't only treat people... Uh, nicely if they are potential clients and unfortunately this is a um, this is a reality in the art world um so yes, yeah yes it is it's very sad but yeah true. but why are we talking about that subject actually let's go to some more fun themes <laughs> no idea but that's how the con that's how the podcast goes yeah, it's just true we, we're just Maybe. having a conversation and it happens to be recorded yeah, yeah i was also thinking about that uh probably so this is why it's coming out now you're a new gallery. You do have the still the potentially you have the co connections from your family and all this. So the, my question would be, how are you getting to the point where you're able to connect with curators and collectors and museums and institutions? I mean, is this sort of your focus, your choice as a gallerist to 
go towards that or are you more of the I don't want to say it like in an offensive way, but like selling art, like focused mm. on selling mm. or are you focused on building the careers mm. of artists mm. or I mean, I would, in a perfect world, we're doing both. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I'm Persian uh, and I think um, it's inevitable to really, you know, wanting to be ambitious and to be successful and to, yeah, and to sell art. I mean, I'm, um, I'm, not an institution. I'm a commercial gallery. Okay. Um, so obviously, See, a lot of people use that term as a bad word, like being I a mean, commercial gallery. I mean, come on, we are a commercial gallery. It's about generating it's sales. It's about you know, you know, you know, getting money uh, for the artists, developing them. But of course, it's about generating money. I mean, this is a very important part of the of our work. And if if people don't, you know don't admit then i don't know like i don't know <laughs> well if you i mean if you can get me in an exhibition in a museum and you can get me connected with a curator that is great i love the my I mean, gallery obviously for obviously everybody wants to have a solo exhibition at an Tate important modern. Tate at modern, a, that's, yeah that's i mean point. obviously come on right but to get there you need to build something you need to really build a standing you really need to Prove yourself, get your, you know, get your name out there, um, attract artists, you know, very good artists, very good curators. You need to attract people. I, I have a theory. This is my working theory. And help me out with this because it's still evolving as mm -hmm. I go along. I believe that an artist has sort of reached a, a level of, we'll call it success that I'm giving air quotes mm -hmm. to. When they have a reputable gallery, mm -hmm. a reputable curator, mm -hmm. and a Oh, shit, I forgot no, but it's one. a dream constellation. Yeah, yeah obviously. That's the, and, and, a, and you have, a, like, you know, maybe known collectors or... Curator. I'm trying to think. I had a third one. Gallery, curator. Collector. Collector. The three Cs. Yeah, 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 obviously. I mean, everybody, you know... But no, I put a fourth one in it, though, okay. which is publisher. Publisher Somebody who will publish wow, their yeah. catalog or their book. Yeah, or their I mean, it comes with it. Of their life or it does come like with this. it, and also artists should be, you know, really pursue to do their own publications as well. It's part of the, it's part of the work. Okay. I believe you're a younger one. You're a younger gallerist mm -hmm. in the range of galleries yeah. that I've spoken with. So, social media, internet. How how do you find this beneficial, detrimental? Yeah, you, I mean, of course, there are many sides to it. How are you using it? Is it, is it working for you? Yeah. Like, literally, can you do like an A to B? Like I I, I put this thing on social media and we sold it. Yeah. I mean, listen, social media and technology is never going to replace the, you know, the personal, the real interaction with art, with people. Never, ever, really. If that's going to happen, then it's the end of the of humanity, okay? Um, I mean, I really believe in real books. I don't believe in uh, in, in e-books, um, just to get an idea. Um, <laughs> I'm a little conservative when it comes to these things. But I think it's important to be positive, to be an enthusiast, and to really embrace new technologies and to see them as a good instrument, um, as a good... Mm, yeah, it's a good tool to get yourself out there, to connect to other people, to really create something. If it's an idea of your gallery or your vision or of the you know things you like and the things you um, you want to be, but uh, it's an interesting tool to also find out um, who you are and where you want to be, and to communicate to people. And it's it's great. I mean, of course, the internet uh, allows us to reach 
uh, wider spheres and to uh, to connect to people worldwide. So that's a big plus. Um, and I love that. I mean, it's also a lot of fun and you can experiment with it. Um, I have met people through social media, uh, people who've become clients, um, luckily, and that's great. I mean, I don't think it's the most important thing that would be totally ridiculous, but it's, a, it's a, it's a good tool to, um, yeah, to, to be, maybe i don't know uh, if it's the right term but to be a contemporary um gallerist little side note on that i didn't dig in too deeply on your website but i've had discussions with some other gallerists about like whether they put prices on their website yeah or no not. i don't do that okay i don't do that i mean yeah of course you can do that and it's good to be transparent um but i think you know if somebody's interested, they will ask for the prize and they will request a prize and, and uh, that's fine. I mean, it's all very transparent during openings. We have a price list, you know, people can approach the price list and uh, it's all transparent, but it's not necessary to put it online. I mean, uh, the gallery is not um, a bazaar, right? It should be um, a representation of the gallery and um, to provide information and there are there is a thin line be to be you know to be discreet about certain things and to be um yeah slightly unprofessional or too commercial right, right. i mean there too is this commercial. exactly i mean yeah of course you're we all want to sell you're not gonna put a big sale sign in the window kind of thing you know exactly so i said it's important to to be ambitious to make sales to generate sales unless you have an investor and you don't need to worry about you know generating money um, but I think it's it's good for the spirit and to also support the art the artists. Um, but you can't really uh, be, yeah, you can't be unprofessional about being too too commercial and just you know in your face and that people hate that. I mean, you know, come on. Okay, you can't you, do that. You brought up an interesting thing about like uh, being like self funded and all this kind of stuff. Like I know Germany. Okay, I, as an idiot, as a as an American coming from an outside to Germany, I know Germany is very supportive of the arts, as gen, like financially mm -hmm. and uh, at least artists, uh, they're very supportive of. So, are they? Are there grants and are there things that can that help to support? galleries they are supportive of institutions i'd say um they are not significantly supportive of gallerists i mean come on you know i mean they see them as uh yeah as mere businessmen or women although you have to give gallerists um, credits because they're really an essential part of um fostering and um you know creating and developing um a cultural and a creative market in Berlin and what you know what makes Berlin um, so intriguing to people worldwide is the very um, flourishing the very vibrant art scene and you know artists want to move to Berlin um, it's it's very attractive in that sense and gallerists play a, play a very important role so you have to give them that credit and they it would be it would be fantastic if the government and um, you know starts to embrace the the importance of gallerists as cultural um, diplomats you know I mean you can totally um, name that cultural diplomat. I really like that actually. I was gonna say like this. <laughs> this it actually sounded practiced, but I'm just yeah, gonna let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Coming from America, we're completely capitalist society and all this, and 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 uh, the only people that are funded by the governments and all that are only the blue chips, the mm, biggest of the mm. bigs, and and so coming to Europe, there's lots of support for 
arts in general. So yeah. whether it's concert pianist or mm. whether it's visual arts or whatever, there's a huge amount of uh, both financial support uh, as well as space support, like like donation or, mm. or offerings of spaces. Mm. Uh, for instance, like positions at the the Tempelhof. Um, I'm sure that they're not paying full price for that because it's, it's you know, bringing great yeah. interest to that crazy airport mm. that's in the middle of the city, which is quite absurd although but, i do think they have a lot of costs but i, I don't know about i don't know the details about oh, it but I'm i mean sure it's a commercial fair right it's a marketplace um but yeah i mean you're naming the very um, important um yeah part of the european soul if there is it such really a is thing. like i mean yeah that support is uh, lacking in a lot of the world. I mean, you know, I've been around mm. here and there and stuff, and Europe seems to be very, very both financially as well as just even physically sort of supportive of yeah. the, the creative culture. It has a lot to do with um, education as well. I mean, um, education plays a major role in the visibility of culture um, in, a, in a society. And um, yeah, they also understand the power um, of knowledge, the power of, um, of the arts. Um, yeah, so I think Europeans are very good at embracing that. And it goes very, I mean, it goes back to, you know, centuries. If you know about Europe, the history of Europe, um, of each individual state, um, you'll notice that the arts um, always played a very very important role in shaping um yeah the people i know so I, i'm i'm excited to be here in europe i find it very refreshing <laughs> interesting so it's not europe. old europe right from an american's perspective oh no wait okay yeah so you are <laughs> <laughs> no you, i like that no i, I really like that you refreshing europeans <laughs> You Europeans <laughs> have this attitude about Americans. No, 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 no. What, what, <laughs> Let's what, not go there. But well, yeah. well, no. But my point is, is, like, I grew up as an artist in America, and I looked to Europe as like the yeah, almighty I mean, naturally, Europe. naturally. I mean, when you it was start the home art, of art, it starts with Europe. You know, I mean, when you look at um, modern art, I mean, modern art history with a focus on European art. I mean, it starts in Europe. It starts. Let's say it starts in Italy, you know? I mean, it's very important. Greece, you could even say. Oh, yeah, I'm not going back there. But if we start, about, if we if we talk about we the great Renaissance. Rome. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I mean. Okay, sure, starting then with the Renaissance. If I, if I yes. go back, then I would start with ancient Persia. Probably, yeah, I was going to say, you know? we could even go way farther No, back. no, no. Yeah, but Persian, I mean, um, Chinese. <laughs> obviously. But, yeah. Everybody no. but the Europeans, actually. If we go so Back. It's interesting. I had this conversation on the podcast earlier with, uh, a couple of days ago about the nature of, like, let's take the Impressionistic period, right? In the, the actual period that the Impressionistic period went on, it was just in Europe, mm -hmm. okay? It was nowhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. But we define that time period by that one thing that yeah. only happened in Europe yeah. and nowhere else in the world. Yeah. But now with the internet, with social media, with Facebook, with, with websites, mm. you can't have a global movement. Mm. And, and Really? I, well, it, it's, oh. I mean, look at Greta Thunberg. 
look at climate. I'm, sorry, what? What? I'm just saying like this is maybe a global movement in a new okay, sense. If we look about, you know, art movement, art movement, art movement. Yeah, no, no, climate change, all these kinds. Of, they're all great. You know, getting rid of plastic. Uh, these are all great things that I, I fully yeah, support. Movement, but, but like as far as an art movement, because art movements are very regional. And the idea mm -hmm. that there could be a single global art movement, yeah. I think, will be very difficult. So, like, the art world has expanded into this global thing, mm -hmm. but yet it's not really that global. Like, what I'm finding is I was in Prague and I was talking to a lot of Prague artists and gallerists and yeah. things like this. And yeah. they're all very, well, not very, but they, they all start with a Czech centric. So they, mm -hmm. they start with their own community and then go out from there. I've been in Berlin. People mm -hmm. talk about Berlin and Germany and then, yeah. they, and then they it's go out from local. there. It's all local. It's all local. That's the thing is like, no matter how world connected and worldwide yeah. everything is, the art world is still starts locally. Yeah. Not only the art world, maybe we can apply that to many other um, industries. Um, but yeah, you know, global. It's interesting. It's a, it's, it's a very important um, term for me as well because I think the art world is not really global in that sense that art outside of the Western sphere. I mean, of course, in China is it's it's a different world. It's a different um, it's a different story as well. But just generally speaking, um, other countries and scenes um, don't get the you know don't get the attention um and the appreciation and respect that they deserve and that they need um i mean looking at africa i mean you know there's so much potential africa is the is maybe the absolute uh, birthplace of modernity if you want to look at it that way you know um and i think non-European art in general, um, if it's ancient American art or um, the antique textiles of nomadic people in Persia or um, African tribal art plays a very important role when you um, look at the development of contemporary and modern art in Europe. Without these different, um, um, different strong movements in these different spheres and without the without a cultural dialogue that happened that always happened um contemporary art would be without any fundament without any um yeah without any history so it's important to really embrace other cultures to embrace other movements um and not just to have this very limited perspective and you know i mean i'm i <laughs> It's something that I can't stand. I mean, it's often about white male men. Um, I really want to open up the scene and really present new perspectives, um, new interesting perspectives from different cultural spheres. Yeah. So is this something you're going to try to focus this gallery on? Yeah, fo focus on... I hope so that I will be able to do that. Sorry, I was um, cutting you off. No, no, um, cut I get, me off all you I want. get so excited when I uh, talk about this subject. Um, no, a cultural dialogue, really um, embracing that, fostering that, um, is is maybe the reason why I'm thriving to be who I am and to do what I what I'm doing. I really believe in an um, intercultural dialogue and to bring different. Um, different themes together to embrace ancient art, traditional art and craftsmanship um, and to embrace contemporary art 
to work with international artists uh, in Europe or in America, but also to uh, look at artists working very local in Iran, in the Middle East, and to bring these people together and to, um, to give them a platform to thrive. And what I'm looking for are very authentic perspectives and not what Western people want to see, you know, from, uh, let's say, a Middle Eastern artist, um, these very stigmatized, very politicized art that um, is, you know, shown mostly at the fairs, um, unfortunately, but really to 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 show new perspectives and to revolt, you know, to start a revolution, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You have to have strong visions, you know, if you want to if you want to do something. Absolutely. Nobody who ever dreamed small changed the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You have to dream big. And if you're not going to make it, you're going to still be well off you know i always whenever my students uh, are in my class they they always like they hated that a lot of them always say like oh well the work's good enough and i'm like really so mm. is your life good enough yeah i mean yeah. really it's a it's a life perspective right well i mean when whenever you make anything like so when i'm making art you try to make the absolute best art ever made mm. in the entire universe exactly and <laughs> if well, but, but I love be, that. well because if you miss that yeah. you're still making pretty exactly. spectacular that's work that's my words by the way that's my words so i want to be the king or the queen and if you're not the king or the queen yeah. then, you're, then you're the prince and the princess exactly. that's still pretty freaking but you rocking. don't want to be like i'm gonna be you know like a local gallerist blah blah no i mean you know in berlin we have more than 300 galleries there's so much happening either you're super passionate and dedicated and you have the vision or not and if not you can't make it you really have to have the guts to 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 be brave enough to go new directions I, uh, there's a quote that I read when I was in high school is uh, uh, mediocrity is the hairball on the carpet of life. The carpet of life. I like that. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who, Either all or nothing. Well, really. but who, why would you desire for a mediocre life? Like that's not a desirable thing. People do not wake up in the morning and go, hmm, today I want to not be great and not be bad. I just want it to be middle of the road. I just want to not be upset by today. You, you wake up and you want to have a fabulous day. Yeah. You want you to make amazing art. Yeah, you yeah. want to do, you, yeah. you, you wake up with the greatest of aspirations. Yes. And unfortunately, life sometimes just gets in the way. Obviously. But it's also a question of attitude. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful and I'm, I have good mood. You know, I'm not... Yes, until life gets in the way. Oh, until that, yeah. But, it's you know, saying you have to have this sense of positivity and positive thinking, otherwise you can't make it. I mean, life is a life is a fucking struggle. I mean, everybody who, who didn't get that, I mean, they don't, I, you know, they're missing a main point about being on the planet and, and trying to do something valuable and, yeah, something of importance, I guess. So you have to fight and... <laughs> I mean, you know it and I know it in the art world. It's a lot about fighting and to uh, to to make it. But you can't fight. And, and that's an interesting thing because I've had these discussions. You can't fight too hard. 
Oh yeah, I mean you can't be bitter about doing it. Right. That's the worst. It, it, it's it's like you, you. That's the worst. You can only be. You can only fight in a positive in way. In a positive way, obviously. And people who are like bitter and negative and like you know like nobody <clears throat> wants to work. With them. No, I mean it's it's about energy, and you can sense it. You can smell it. No, I mean you have to have a positive attitude about fighting, and that's real. I love that. I really feel very inspired when I meet people who are like that because I think. They really, they got it, you know, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm also very young and naive <laughs> and... There might be some of that, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm but you know what? That's fine. I take but, that. But it, it's good though. I mean, it's, it's a nice balance to some of the older, bitter people like me. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm bitter at this point. Really, <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Come not, on. Not anymore. But yeah, but you can play that very person if I you like. I will play the balancing <laughs> act. I will play the devil in this conversation. It's fine. But I mean, but it, it is a balancing act. I mean, sometimes... It, Sometimes we need the young and naive to remind us of yeah. like our own like oh fuck what have I what have I fallen into what kind mm. of rut have I mm. ch- you know ended up in because I forgot these things and this is one of the reasons why I like teaching actually because I'm constantly getting more oh, yeah, youthful right, people right. youthful energy right. around me so that's lovely to keep me like grounded in the oh yeah I can't be that bitter and old and yeah that's great when you meet people who inspire you right I mean that's that's also an important part of life I guess and in the art world you you certainly meet very interesting very interesting people I guess yeah that's being eloquent about it yes so So, okay so trying to sort of come to a summation on the ending on the whole thing because I know you have somewhere to be one thing that I always ask people is is basically like what from your experiences in mm-hmm. life and quite honestly you could even use your father's experiences mm-hmm. if that's fine i'm okay with that some helpful hints about how to so in your case you're a gallerist mm-hmm. so let's go with just from the gallerist so if there are gallerists or get people that desire to be gallerists or whatever mm-hmm. that are in the same industry as you what kind of recommendations would you I give i knew you were going to ask that question well, for them, I don't really care. I'm not a gallerist, and but I have no, no desire to be a gallerist. But it's very, it's a very cute uh, question. Um, it's a hard question. It's, though, yeah, like, first of all, it's a very hard question. I mean, it totally, totally depends. I think you have to have a strong vision, and then you have to be brave enough to just follow your vision. I mean, it's simple as that, right? Like, I think you have to start somewhere. Nothing is going to be perfect. It's never going to be the right timing. It's actually... Yeah, it's interesting. There's so many parallels in life where you can apply that to. But yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm, like, I'm sitting there, <laughs> I'm like, It's never wow, going to could... be the right timing, right? But if you have a strong, I think, if you have a strong intuition and um, it does play an important role in your life, you're thinking about it, you have to, you know, have to start somewhere. You have to try it. Okay, well, but like, okay, let's take it for, for, uh, for example on that. You want a more pragmatic uh, answer, right? No, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for any particular <laughs> No, but answer. okay. What are you looking for? The, the answer wasn't satisfying. Okay. No, I just have a follow-up question. Okay, so, okay. To, to, to go on with it, which is the trends. Because you, you said like sort of like believe in your own thing and do your own thing. But what about the art market itself? Like, mm-hmm. So the question is, is how can you balance the amount of time, energy, and mm-hmm. money to, to, for, to believe in something? Mm-hmm. If it's not selling, oh, interesting question. I think what you believe is not selling um, is just a 
theoretical concept maybe i think what really makes it sellable what what does make it um profitable and attractive is the people the people's part the people that believe in it the people that collaborate the people that have strong visions people that come together people that love are passionate people that fight and where where something starts right where there is um where there is life <laughs> and when something is um is is present and something that oh, i'm missing the the right the right words now but um if something is is starting to to receive some attention um starting with one person okay i think there is something something to follow something to pursue and there is potential in it and um yeah i don't know maybe that's uh, that is it's not an uh, easy um question and yeah not easily to ask um what what is it well because yeah. one of the things is like um as a gallerist your role is to help to foster the artist yeah but what happens if the artist goes out of fashion mm. or, or or their subject matter goes out of fashion or whatever true like, that i mean of course i mean there are a million artists out there um of course there's not a market for everyone out there i mean there is for most of them i believe right. but, but what if your vision yeah isn't following what's on trend yeah and, and so there i mean because if you adhere too much to that you're gonna your gallery is gonna have to close you know you're, yeah. like, you're just not gonna make enough sales yeah. and you're gonna so i mean there's a certain amount of give and take like you can't oh yeah be, yeah like, yeah okay completely okay. altruistic i was thinking like, about very avant-garde very um provocative um experimental ideas that you were um you know that you, you had in mind but no let's okay no no Let i'm talking like nuts and bolts keeping the lights on <laughs> like how do you run your business like <laughs> while while trying to be avant-garde trying to keep to your vision but still be able to pay your salaries yeah i mean i think you have to read uh, balthazar gracian's um hand oracle um what is the english title um there's certainly translation um the i don't know whether it's the hand oracle it's um it's a phenomenal uh book from the early 17th century uh it has huge impact on me i think something that is never going to be out of fashion it's um very short aphorisms and when you read that you can apply it to everything you do in life <laughs> private business family everything and i think life prudence is something that we all need especially you know being a gallerist you need to be clever if you're not clever it's going to be hard I know it's it's so bad to say that but I really think it's it's true. It's, it's true. good. But it's I don't know, yeah. I think you have to be very clever. I mean, I also like the idea of being clever. All right, I have one last question. Okay, I, okay. I, no, no, did I, <laughs> no, this is a question that I literally ask everybody. Okay. Now, so Go I'll, ahead. I'll give you the whole spiel of it because I don't believe you've actually listened to the podcast. So it's yeah. fine. Part of the podcast is that I set up this entire scenario where I'm trying to create I'm trying to learn how the visual arts world works okay okay since i can't since it's a podcast i can't sort of prove that i've learned anything okay so what i came up with was a quantifiable outcome that i'm going to try to achieve okay. from whatever it is you're about to tell me yeah. and whatever it is everybody that i talk to tells me which i will do whatever it is you tell me wait did i miss the beginning 
what? I haven't told you what it is yet. Oh, right. Okay. okay. But, what, <laughs> but whatever you're about to say, okay, I will do it. Really? And I will keep everybody involved through the podcast completely transparently. Wow. What happens with it. Cool. So what it is, is the quantifiable results of me learning how the art world works mm-hmm. would be that I have a piece of my artwork because mm-hmm. I'm a visual artist on exhibition in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Fantastic. How can I do that? Um, you mean to be, be on exhibition? Or, just or? yeah, just just one piece. Yeah. On exhibition, not they don't have to own it. They don't. They right. don't have to be in their collection. Right. None of that, but like just one piece on exhibition. Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Can it be a performance or does it have to be a painting? No, no. My work. Yeah. So I'm a photographer. A photographer? Well, photographer, I now do a little bit of mixed media. And it has to be on view for what? For one day? For one hour? Part of an exhibition. So their exhibitions are generally, what, three months long? Oh, I see, I see. Part of an exhibition. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Just continue your work, Matthew. I think you're on the right track. You have to start to... <laughs> blah blah boring <sighs> no i mean come on what can i give you do you want me to give you like a, no, d- an a, advice on life well, a step in the direction yeah i, d- I, I don't a step into the direction yeah i don't expect i don't expect you to literally like be like oh i've got a friend who works at moma here's their <laughs> right. phone number like no, i no, mean no, no. Like, i think you need to have exhibitions in new york to really start dialogues to Yeah, it's interesting because now I'm thinking about you being a photographer. Maybe we can do an exhibition together. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by by photography. You know who I'm thinking about right now? It's interesting. Teju Ko. Do you know him? Not by name, but I don't know a lot of photographers. You have to by read name. Open City. You might be very surprised. I, I probably know the images. I see. He just curated, um, it might be uh, still on view, he just curated an exhibition um, in the States. I think it's on in Washington or in New York, I'm not sure. But uh, he's a fantastic writer and um, curator. And yeah, maybe, I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to to meet him when he was here in Berlin. Um, I'd I'd be happy to make an introduction. Maybe we should take it from here. Be lovely. I (laughs) hope to be coming back to Berlin in the near future. So yeah. Okay, great. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Back to the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Wait, I, that was my answer. That, oh, okay, so that is That was my okay. answer. I that guy that. is the person you need to speak to okay. to start maybe uh, engaging in exhibitions and photography exhibitions in New York. Sounds lovely. What, but, so I'm going to put a little thing for the listeners. Like The underlying idea of that is, is connections, people, and making connections, relationships. Connections, people, I find him very inspiring, and I think he's somebody who's approachable um, and... Yeah, I think that's that could be a good match. That could be um, a good opportunity for you to show your works and to, yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much for your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you.